That's how you build rivalries, and that's how you build atmosphere. Edwards, three-pointer, it's good! This team is right there with anybody else in, in the country. They are clicking on kind of a different level that we didn't um, that we didn't see this year. Perry for the lead. Oh! He did it again. How is this a personnel issue? Ish? I think I really think it's just a, a player fit. Like I I think, and it again, is. this is this is partially his fault, right? These are his transfers yes. that he brought in, right? But I'm still saying I think this is just a whiff. I think this is just a whiff on you his part. You can't, you can't, it, you cannot whiff with this much talent. And I love Texas Tech. This is home. And I get to stay home. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Zone Star State Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Ishmael Johnson ish uh we're continuing our ranking series um and today we have our front courts for those who didn't already check it out uh we did our back courts last week and uh i thought it was pretty interesting it was a good way of looking at the state uh from top to bottom you know get to get to know some of the best uh, guards in the country or in the state now we get to look at the bigs ish and um me as a guard i just uh, you know i can't can't really uh assess the game the same way with the bigs but that's okay <laughs> I guess you you weren't a you're kind of a tallish guy. You weren't the a big a little bit in pickup games. I, I was. I I am not a tallish guy. No sir, no sir. <laughs> At five foot eight, I am not. Uh, I'm not the five in pickup here. We are. You don't have the you don't have the you don't have the scrap factor. The the Dewan Blair game going on. The scrap. Yeah, the, being a five eight Dewan Blair in pickup is the craziest thing I've heard. <laughs> But the thing is, I wouldn't. I actually feel like I've seen that before from from guys. Right? No, like, so, look, I'm five eleven, so like, some it depends on who you play with, whether yeah. I'm the the tallest guy, or whatever. But like, even when I was uh, younger and I was about, you know, it's still growing. I, I got, I didn't, I couldn't shoot until I got to high school, really. And so like, they just it's like, hey, you know what? Just go rebound. You know, just go, just go, just go run under the rim and go rebound. And you know, listen. listen Dewan Blair is a, is an icon as far as I'm concerned for guys who couldn't shoot once in their life who are too short to really be a dominant post. Dewan Blair's the man. And then especially after after he tore his knee up like twice or three <laughs> know, times right? and and he still was battling in there. I mean, exactly. He had fake I mean, let's knees. Just... He had fake ACLs, man. He's and he's still <laughs> he's still trucking in there. Let's just say in San Antonio, you know, 5'11", I could probably get away with, you know, being the Dewan player. <laughs> true, true. Over here in Baton Rouge, I, I don't know. I'm going to play pickup, and I there's not many. Uh, let's just say there's always at least a 6'4 guy on the court. <laughs> so That's we're fair. not uh, – Yeah, when I was in – when I got to college, when I got to Texas State, it was like, oh, I, I got to learn to shoot. Like, I can't. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. You start playing with the guys that played actual varsity basketball and all that. It's like, oh, yeah, never mind. You, yeah. you, you're you 6'5", and you were post. It's fine. <laughs> exactly. But all right, we have a top ten here that we have uh, more or less mutually agreed on, uh, or we at least settled can settle our differences here. Uh, we'll get to the men first and the women second. So let's get right into it. I'll, I'll read them off. I'll put let's them on screen just like I did last time uh, for those who want to see. Let me make it a little bigger on my screen and then share screen. Um, I felt like this was a pretty just in general. I don't want to say easy, 
but it felt like the the cream rose to the top here as I get this screen up. Let's see, screen tab. Here we go. All right, more or less that works. I think <laughs> that works. All right, uh, number one, Texas Tech. Kevin O'Banner and Fardaz and Mike. I, I'm I cannot say his last name. Amac. Amac. Thank you. That makes it easy. Fardaz Amac. Uh, two, Texas, Timmy Allen, Dylan Mitchell. Three, TCU, Emmanuel Miller, Chuck O'Bannon. Four, Houston, Jawan Roberts, Jarris Jer- Walker. Uh, five, AM Corpus Christi, Isaac Mashila, and Delazaris Keys. Um, six, Baylor, Jalen Bridges, Flo Thamba. Seven, North Texas, Abu Usman, and Jaden Martinez. Eight, Texas AM, Henry Coleman, Julius Marble. Nine, SMU, FAODG, and Samuel Williamson. And 10, Abilene Christian, Arian Simmons, and Joe Pleasant. Had to have Joe Pleasant on the list. Yeah. All right. Let's start at the top. Texas Tech. Was there any thought of maybe making it Texas? uh, Or was it Tech pretty comfortably for you? I mean, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't shock me if by the end of the year, Texas, we see Texas as the number one team. Um, Obviously, that a lot rides on Dylan Mitchell, um, him reaching his potential. I think. Or at least I guess I hope we see more Dylan Dessou this year. I think Christian Bishop is a capable rotation. If you ask me about depth, I'd say it's Texas, clearly. But if you ask me about a starting two, I think it's clearly O'Banner and AMAC. Um, You have O'Banner, who is a stretch, who I believe shot decently from three, probably not. He shot okay. Um, I want to say it was low 30s. Right. But, but he also shot a lot of them too. So like, you know, he, he went through spurts basically. Um, in that Texas game, I know he was pretty uh, yeah. pretty big in, in some hit big shots. And now you balance that out with AMAC who s- – Bryson Williams, it's hard to replace him because he was more of an inside-out guy. He can face up. He can do a lot of things. AMAC is more of – he can shoot, but he's more of a back-to-basket type of big. Um, and defensively, I think he might add a little bit more. Uh, I think Bryson Williams showed a lot defensively last year. And now you replace that with probably a more traditional defensive anchor um, in AMAC, who's what, 7 1. Um, He's huge and he's lengthy too. So I I like the, I think they have the best balance as well because you have the, you have the outside guy. uh, O'Banner can take some people off the dribble as well. Then you have the inside guy who can stretch if they need to, right? They can go, there's probably going to be some sets where they run five out. and they're able to because they both can are capable shooters. So I like the balance there. I like the talent there. Amac, of course, was the player of the year in the WAC. Um, and so I, I think Tech probably has the best starting two of anybody. Yeah. In the the West Coast Conference. No, WAC. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, I was, about to, um, I was trying to figure out it was Utah Valley. No, no. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You thought about it and that made me think about it. And then I was questioning. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think Tech is is the, the right choice here just from O'Banner, what we know we're getting from him and then AMAC as far as rim protector, I think he'll be great in this defense. And I think he has some offensive abilities. Like we said, he's not Bryce, um, Bryson, Bryson Edwards, Bryson Williams, <laughs> Bryson Williams. What am I getting Bryson Edwards from Bryson Williams? But um, I still think he'll be able to, to do well offensively uh, to, to Texas, Timmy Allen, Dylan Mitchell. I felt really comfortable with them at two pretty, safe i mean I, timmy allen's gonna be really really good as we know he's gonna continue what he did last year and at dylan mitchell obviously the high highly rated freshman here comes in they're i, I they're not gonna use i mean he's not gonna be used as like a five per se you know he'll be right. more of like a wing type guy but i think throwing him in the front court discussion is good and i think he'll be asked with doing more than what 
Dylan DeSue and Christian Bishop would. I mean, I didn't love the Allen Bishop pairing last year. Mm -hmm. Um, at times it felt like there was some overlap, um, on the court together. So, um, I'm interested to see if Dylan Mitchell can bring them a new element in the front court. Yeah, I agree. I think Timmy Allen, as far as like a proven player, he's probably the best front court player probably in the state right now. Um, and we know what he is. He's kind of that tweener under quote unquote undersized, um, tweener forward who can be outside, be inside has that reliable mid range game. Um, yeah, if they can just find the next, that was kind of Texas's problem last year. Is they didn't have that next guy, right? Some it was Christian Bishop. Sometimes, it, it, sporadically, it was Dylan Dessou, and it was like, all right, Trey Mitchell. And so it was yeah. like they didn't really find his guy. And if if, um, if Dylan Mitchell can be that guy, um, I think they find something pretty special there. Like I said, I could see them making their way to one at by the end of the year. Yeah, this is where it gets difficult to me. Uh, yeah. The three through. four. Five, I would say three through five is pretty tough. Maybe three through six if we threw Baylor in there. But three is TCU, four is Houston, five is AM Corpus Christi, six is Baylor if you want to throw them in. TCU, Emmanuel Miller, and Chuck O'Bannon. I I feel good at, with them at three just because of what they did last year and how productive they were and how much they were tasked with doing. And then if you throw Eddie Lampkin in there, uh obviously we keep this at two, but Eddie Lampkin mm-hmm. is like an honorable mention guy. There, I mean, that's you return your front court, and I like the depth. I like the rotation they had last year. I like how they were able to attack teams in different ways, and so you you get those those guys in your front court. I'm I'm good with them at three. I think they're they're pretty comfortably three for me. Mm. Oh yeah, I think you ha- you. I mean, I want to say Eddie Lampkin finished top eight in offensive rebound percentage like he was you know, and that's your that's your other guy right theoretically that's he might start but he's probably gonna play the probably the less minutes of those guys emmanuel miller is an incredible defender i think chuck o'bannon is another valuable member of that so i think i want to say tcu might have finished let me see uh they were number one in offensive rebounding percentage yeah, as a say, team yeah. and so you add of course eddie lampkin who's kind of like the linchpin of that um off the bench or whatever role they have him in and then, of course, you have Emmanuel Miller and Chuck O'Bannon just crashing the boards consistently. I think you have something pretty special there. So, I, yeah, I think they're easily three. Um, it wouldn't shock me if they, you know, if Texas doesn't come together or something like that. Just the consistency of those three, the fact that they played together. If TCU has a pretty big season, we look at them and we're like, man, we kind of maybe gypped them a bit at three. Yeah. Houston and of course Corpus Christi for me was tough because Isaac Mashila for AM Corpus Christi is the most accomplished player. Yeah. On of between those two, obviously, as I mentioned, I think was second, uh, second team all conference, basically 15 and 10. Uh, really, really talented player for AM Corpus because he helped them get to the level that they were at last year. Mm-hmm. Thing about Houston, and the thing about Houston is Jawan Roberts, Jarris Walker, and Reggie Chaney. If you throw him in there, between Roberts and Chaney, we know are elite rebounders. I mean, and if Jarris Walker can reach his ceiling that kind of changes things yeah. for this Houston team. I mean, because he is one of the highest, you know, was one of the highest rated commits mm-hmm. uh, recruits in, in the class last year. Yeah. No, I agree. I think a lot of the, the I think DeLazarus Keys is a, is a good player next to Mashila, but a lot of that ranking is Mashila doing a lot. Um, yeah. With that being said, I think you're, I think you're right. I think you hit the nail on the head when, when it comes to, to Houston. I think Jawan Roberts is going to step up in a big way to take over that. Um, uh, I forgot the guy's name last Josh year. Right? Carlton. Carlton, and then the year before. Who was the one the year before? 
Oh, uh, uh, yeah, I, I know who you're talking about. Forgot his name. But they always have a dude who can rebound the hell out of the ball on the offensive glass and get the tip ins. And, uh, and that's going to be, in a big way, Jawan Roberts taking over that undersized big role. Um, and then you add Jairus Walker, who, you know, again, similar to Dylan Mitchell, right? He, we expect him to come in and play a pretty big role, but we got to kind of see it. And if they can, okay, then Houston, in addition to a stingy backcourt that can play defense, like they have – potentially a very athletic front court. And of course you can throw Reggie Chaney in there for some extra rotation. So I think Houston's pretty firmly there. I, I do think uh, with uh, Mishila has a lot of the respect from us just based on yes. what he's done for that uh, Corpus Christi program. And I think DeLazarus Keys is somebody who he, he actually has been looking at his numbers. He actually was kind of their put back guy, their dirty work guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he led the team in putbacks at the rim um, and so, like when DeLazarus Keys was somebody who was kind of, and, and I'm trying to think of their backcourt. We had him, we had him, Tennyson, Trivian Tennyson. When they're putting up shots, like they know they have a guy down there that can get to, that can kind of make that happen um, on the putback. And I think, I want to say he he was second on the team and like makes at the rim or makes in, on putbacks, things like that. So I, you know, that's kind of it's it goes to balance right it goes back if you have a scorer in Mashila or somebody who can do kind of all of that and then you have the dirty work guy next to him though that kind of balance really works itself out yeah Houston uh is Justin Gorham that we were thinking of yes Justin um, Gorham that was he got and then, uh last I mean also we have to remember they lose Fabian White from last year sure so, sure mean, yeah that's you, one. you're talking about Carlton and White they're two basically starting bigs are yep. gone you're replacing them so I, that's what made it tough for me between Houston and AM Corpus Christi uh, Baylor, Jalen at six, Jalen Bridges and Flo Thamba. Obviously, if Jonathan Chamachacho was playing, they would be significantly. I was about to say they might higher. be two, three, one. Like just based on defensively, their ceiling, like they'd be the best. Like nobody scores on those two guys. Like let's put it that way. Like, Does, like they, we're putting we're putting Thamba and, and Chamachacho, even though they're both sinners, or are we putting Chamachacho and Bridges? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, Jonathan Chamachacho and Bridges. Um, but but look at like I guess. The question, if that's the case, would be, and we can talk about the actual backcourt in a bit, but like, is there, would that defense be good enough to just be number one? It might be. I'm thinking like, about that's, it right alone, now. That, that's enough for me. <laughs> Kamachachua would really, really change things. Yeah. That would that's be wild tough. how like they can be, I mean, they're, they're fine offensively, but they can be limited offensively. And we're just like, yeah, but defensively, they're just, they're number one. It doesn't matter. They're yeah, like Jonathan Tomachacha would just fix everything for that. Right. Um, but Flo, Flo Thamba, obviously veteran guy there. Um, very, very good player. But, you know, the depth isn't as, as solid for Baylor's front court as I think it's been in years past. That's a real sure. concern for me. Jalen Bridge is going to have to be really solid for them. Um, I'm on both on both ends, obviously. With Baylor, you always think it's the defense side of the ball, but offensively, I think he's gonna be expected to, to score um, mm-hmm. for them pretty comfortably. But Baylor at six is, is safe for me. Like I said, I could, yeah. in theory, maybe if Bridges ends up playing well and Thamba has maybe his best year of his career, put them at four. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm good with them at six. Yeah, I think the drop off. I think Thamba can give you enough defensively to not make up for what Jonathan Chamachacho gave you, but to where you're not going to suffer big time. I think we talked about it last year is where Jonathan Chamachacho's biggest strides were, were on offense and they were, he was a role man. He was a finisher. I think he finished 
I didn't, didn't realize how good this was. He finished 87% at the rim. Eight, like that is, that is, that's a bucket, but that is a guaranteed bucket. Every time he puts the ball up near the rim, Flo Thamba, 65%, which is good, but you're going from an, almost an automatic bucket to, uh, you can, you can probably miss it. <laughs> like, yeah. And so I think that's where the drop-off comes for me. Um, defensively, I still think this might be the best defensive front court in the, in the, in the state. I don't have a problem saying that just cause I think, it comes again. Yeah. Jalen Bridges, right. That's another guy who can defend the hell out of the ball. And then of course, Lothamba I mentioned, he gives you enough defensively, but I really, I'm wondering how much offensively this team gives this, this front court gives Baylor now, or does it become, we got to rely a lot on Cryer, George Flagler to kind of help uh, take that up. Yeah. Uh, seven North Texas, Abu Usman and Jaden Martinez. Uh, you could throw Aaron Scott in there. I think Aaron Scott's going to be really good for them. Uh, Abu going into, I mean, year three at this yeah. point. And last year was the first time as a full starter. I thought he got better as the year went on. But for me, I was ready to put Aaron Scott in here. And I thought Aaron Scott and Abu, I, I thought that was a fringe top 10 mm-hmm. front court. I was like a little skeptical of it because Aaron Scott, I think he's going to be really good. But both Aaron, Scott and Usman have to still have some work to do to prove to me. But the addition of Jaden Martinez from North Texas – is a really really interesting one. He comes from New Hampshire. was all uh, was America East um, all conference second team. Averaged 15 points a game, uh, five and a half boards. Was a really good offensive rebounder for them as well. I'm two a game basically. So you add that to the front court, and while you lose Thomas Bell, you at least get a scoring presence to replace him. And while mm-hmm. obviously. I'm not expecting Martinez to be the defender that Thomas Bell was or even the rebounder Thomas Bell was. But if you can supplement that with some scoring, right. then you might have a little bit more dynamic of a front court. So that's going to be interesting to me. But I thought North Texas, and I've, I sound like a broken record here, but I was pretty comfortable with them at seven here. I feel like that's a really good spot for them uh, because the next three teams we have are all, all have some question marks uh, yeah. for them. But North Texas, if nothing else, I I think they have some talent here with Usman, Martinez, and then Scott as well. I do wonder about the quickness of the team on, def- on defense with mm-hmm. the front court now. Because um, mm-hmm. I thought Thomas Bell was, like you mentioned, Thomas Bell was such an incredible presence for them. Yeah. I do wonder about the the movement a little bit of the front court is a little bit slower now. Um, but like you mentioned, adding a score, somebody who can drop fifteen. I don't, you know, he's not going to come in dropping fifteen, but somebody who can give you double digits. Basically, fifteen points would be like half their total game points. So <laughs> right, right, exactly. I'm not sure they're doing that. Uh, but somebody who's, who's capable of giving you double digits in the front court—that's huge uh, for a team like this. I, especially for a team that I think McCaslin saw kind of the limitations of the half-court offense last year. Um, and so now adding that piece to be like, all right, let's give somebody you can throw the ball into. I, I really like the potential of this. I think, I mean, I'm going to use this word a lot, but balance. I like the balance of this. Like, I really do. Um, we'll see. We'll see what Martinez is as, as a defender. Um, obviously, like you mentioned, it's not going to be Thomas Bell, but I think the system will lend itself to, you know, McCaslin's not going to uh, put on, play a bad post defender, right? So, like, I think he has capabilities there. Um, and so I just wonder, I'm curious about, uh, how how he fits in, but yeah, I yeah. agree. I think this is a good spot for them. Yeah, I mean, he, Thomas Bell was listed listed at six six or so. Martinez listed at six seven. So, yeah. uh, you know, maybe a little 
um, around the same height, and sure. you kind of go from there. But all right, Texas A and M. I have Henry Coleman and Julius Marble written down. Finding a second big for A and M was one of the toughest parts of this entire process yeah. because we had Henry Coleman, obvious. A second big, I was like, I have just I was shuffling through the forwards on this team and I was like I think I'm gonna put Julius Marble here because I right. I, I think Julius Marble can be good for them um the transfer in uh, from Michigan State mm-hmm. but I I'm not sure how he fits exactly with Coleman or within this offense because it is a team that has so many guards and wings that you can kind of shuffle in and around I don't know how they I don't know how Buzz Williams wants to attack I don't know how he fits but yeah, AM at eight and then nine FAODG and Samuel Williamson. Uh I actually thought about maybe bumping them up to eight. So eight and nine was was a decision for me between mm-hmm. AM and SMU. Yeah, I I agree. I think AM I would not be shocked if Coleman is the only big maybe starting at, at the start of the game, like in the yeah. starting five. I mean, um, if they play kind of a four out um style. Mostly because, and again, he's seeing these guys in practice. So just mostly because, you know, I don't know what Julius Marble provides. You know, like I think Henry Coleman is easily one of the best front court players in the state. Um, and so having him alone is a lot for me. Um, but yeah, I could see them running four guards and, you know, and then maybe as the game shifts along, then they throw in two bigs with them. But, um, and they're also like, they're playing like, they have a lot of lengthy guards, right? Like Manny Obasaki is like 6'4", right? Uh, Dexter Dexter Dennis, I don't, I don't know what he classifies as, but like 6'5". Uh, Tyrese Radford, 6'2", 6'3". So it's like they're not playing a bunch of 5'11 guys, right? So it's like I think they're going to try to get away with that at times. Um, and even Julius Marble, like their tallest guy is 6'9". And so I do wonder if they're going to try to maybe go a little bit small ball with it and – trust henry coleman to kind of do a lot of the defensive work or and then stretch the floor on offense um but yeah i think let me see torvik has he projects basically what i'm kind of saying he projects radford coleman dennis gordon and obiseki yes and so that's basically that's a four guard uh let me see dennis is that five guards (laughs) no 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 no. that's coleman's in there coleman's in there okay sorry sorry i didn't hear coleman Um, yeah and obviously i think wade taylor probably be in for one of those guys um but still that's like you know that's that's four guards and those a big and then your first and there's so many guards guard. yeah so, so i don't know i i think i agree with the placement here just because i think coleman's one of the better players in the state um yeah but yeah i don't think any higher than that just because i have no idea about the depth yeah uh smu faodg for those who don't know played at utep for four years was actually pretty solid over there then went to troy and actually was had probably his best year of his career i'd say hmm. um averaging 11 and a half and six over at troy as their leading scorer and then now is at smu and we talked about samuel williamson before as one of the top transfers in um on the men's side uh coming from louisville former uh top 25 top 20 player in the country coming hmm. out of high school so the talents there from williamson and then you have odgs who's a veteran guy who you know is a post type player there uh they i also want to shout out keon um ambrose hilton transferred from alabama was i believe a top 60 player in the class coming out of two years ago and then moniji uh who transferred in uh, for them as well so they have some depth some options some combinations to throw out there i just there's 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 so many question marks here it's like is fao going to be able to play at this level consistently is samuel williamson going to get it going 
Uh, yeah. And then you have the other two guys who I, like I said, I still need to see if they can do it. So, sure. um, talent, but questions, which I think is the SMU motto for this year. I was about to say, yeah, we're we're it's a lot of uh, wait and see with uh, Rob Manier there with them. Yeah. Uh, Tim, we have Ar- Abilene Christian, Arian Simmons, and Joe Pleasant, two uh, pillars of the <laughs> Abilene Christian program. Uh, Joe Pleasant is back. Arian Simmons is back. Everybody's happy. And I had to put them on the list at 10. So. I, I completely agree. You guys, he's got, uh, I mean, these, these guys have chemistry together. Obviously, it was uh, during that time, during that um, tournament run, it was Colton Cole, but I still think Arian Simmons. He probably grew a lot last year playing, you know, as as the front court guy by himself. Yeah. And I add Joe Pleasant. It's going to be undersized, right? That's going to be the thing. Um, very undersized because at least always with- Abilene Christian's motto. Fair enough. Uh, but even with Colton Cole, you had the seven footer that you can throw out there. Um, so I'm curious about what it looks like when it's two guys six 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 five. You know, like yeah. um, battling. But you know, with, if that system still works with Brett Tanner, I think they'll be fine. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I, it's, it's hoping that they can find the chemistry again because, you know, obviously Pleasant was gone last year, but well, hopefully they can just yeah. kind of hit the ground running. Three honorable mentions, Sam Houston State, uh, Kyosi um, Ezegu, and Tristan Ikpe, Rice, Max Fiedler, and Siri Lewis. Lewis was a transfer from Kansas State. Max Fiedler is obviously pretty talented, uh, big. I like, I've always liked him um, for Rice. Uh, even though he does have his limitations. UTSA, Jacob German, Germany, and Carlton Lingard, two seven-footers. Um, I don't expect them to start together, but it's worth a shout there because Jacob Germany is a quality player uh, for, for UTSA over there. All right, let's get to the women's side. I I think we're, we have a dis- – I don't know. Okay, no, I agree Baylor should be one. I had right. Texas. I was about to say you had Texas one originally, and I. But I don't. I I I can agree with I can agree with Baylor at one. So okay. let's go through it real quick. Let me yeah. share my screen again so that way we have it for everybody to see. If you are watching on the stream, all right. Baylor one, Asia Blackwell, Andreana Edwards, two, Texas, Khadija Fay, Taylor Jones, three, UT Arlington, Star Jacobs, Shia Smith, four, Prairie View A and M, Diana Rosenthal, and Kennedy Paul. Five, UTSA, Jordan Jenkins, Alyssa Coleman. Six, Texas State, Denisha Hood, and Morgan Hill. Seven, Texas Tech, Bryn Gerlich, Katie Farrell. Eight, TCU, Lucy, Lucy Ebay, and Bella Cravens. Nine, AM Commerce, Desiree Colonel, and Layla Lawrence. And 10, uh, SFA, Ayana Johnson, and Avery Brittenham. Let's All start right. at the top. Baylor yeah. is. The most talented with their two transfers, Drianna Edwards, second leading scorer at Kentucky, Asia Blackwell, uh, leading scorer, leading rebounder at Missouri. Uh, you get two great, really talented SEC players there to come in. They are they no, they're number one by a wide margin for you. As far as the front two go, I think so. Um, I think if you're just at, and again, it's projection, right? You're at it's kind of like the the all star game factor. You're adding two players who never played together, but they're pretty good, so you just hope they kind of work. Um, I do think they give you a balance, though, because Driana Edwards could be the scorer, and Asia Blackwell is kind of the rebounding yeah. monster for them. Um, I think she more or less single-handedly had Missouri like ranked really high as far as like a bunch of rebounding metrics go um, last year. And 
again, the, the question comes, you know, if you want to throw in Kalen Bickle and, you know, as, as a yeah, the big Bickle off the bench, it comes with depth, right? Is, is Kalen Bickle, again, the only other big? Um, but as far as a starting two with one rotation player coming off the bench, I still think it's clearly, I think it's clearly Baylor, in my opinion. My question is, if you look at the Baylor roster, yeah, they have a freshman that's six three. They don't have a single other player on the roster that's over six one. Yeah, and most of them are like six feet tall. Right. Um, there's just very little. Like Kalen Bickle at six one is probably their second tallest player. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're gonna get into Big Twelve play, where I mean Texas Taylor Jones is six four. Like you have all these a lot of size size all this mm-hmm. size like i would argue almost every shoot top 25 team would have a six four girl at least sure at some point that's at least somewhat in the rotation mm-hmm. so this is i think maybe i was over um when i did have texas at one i looked because i looked at that baylor roster i was like they don't have a single player over six one that's going to be in the rotation unless if this freshman and forgive me kayla abraham if, if she's going to be actually like some star out of Carrollton, virginia but I mean, if if their tallest player is six one, I think that's going to present some issues. Like, no matter how good I obviously think Asia Blackwell and Drayana Edwards are, yeah, Edwards is a little bit more of like a wing forward combo. Sure. Uh, Asia Blackwell has always been, I don't want to say undersized, but you know, never been the biggest uh, girl when she's on the court. So, right, that's my concern. However, from a talent perspective. And just from a what they've done at this point, I think Blackwell and Edwards being one is is extremely fair. So yeah. no problem with that. Uh, Texas at two, Khadijah Faye, Taylor Jones, and then obviously you have Deanna Gast, Deanna Gaston, and Aliyah Moore in the in the mix as well. The obvious number two, I'd say. I, I, I think based off depth, Star Jacobs maybe in there. Who obviously Star Jacobs is great, but that's tough to put that combination over Texas. Yeah, I think you had, I mean, you have a Big 12 starter in Khadijah Fay. You have, obviously, Taylor Jones in there, who's excellent. And, yeah, Deanna Gaston and Leah Moore, who are experienced as well. Like, we went from last year questioning Texas front court to, like, oh, they actually have a lot. You know, Vic Schaefer basically knew it, too. He was like, I'm just going to go get a bunch of players. And um, I don't know, outside of Taylor Jones, obviously, I don't know any of them that are, like, game breakers, right? Yeah. But he kind of doesn't need that need them to be that obviously with uh Shaylee Gonzalez and Rory Harmon and he kind of just needs them to contribute defensively and rebound and I think he's solved that easily like he has legitimately four bigs who and then Taylor Jones obviously can score but like as far as like their their primary needs like yeah. I think he's solved it perfectly yeah I, I we're we're not doing individual team previews we'll obviously have we'll have a prediction podcast later but we'll, and a bunch of talk. We'll talk about Texas plenty this year, obviously. But man, they have so much talent. This is outrageous. This is a team ready to win. Like they saw their window last year. It was like, okay, we're in the Big Twelve now. Let's let's make a run. Let's like let's, we let's took, make a legit when we, did run. The, when we did the backcourt rankings, uh, I believe we had them first. Um, I can yeah. just scroll up on my computer and make sure. Um, yeah, we had them first with Rory Harmon, Shaley Gonzalez, and then there were like two or three other players. We didn't include in that, which was like Kendall Hunter and um, mm-hmm. I don't remember the, the Paul transfer's name, but her as well. And then you get four players in the front in the front court as well. I'm a what a stacked team at this point. Yeah, 
And then again, uh, you mentioned like those are that's without players like Kendall Hunter breaking out and like right. you know they have Amina Muhammad who's a four star recruit out of Desoto, so it's like okay, like they have so much waiting in the wings potentially too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Three UT Arlington. I I think UT Arlington and Prairie View. I mean, three and four were debt were locks to be top five. Uh, mm-hmm. If you want to flip them around, I guess you could between three and four. But Star Jacobs and Shia Smith. Uh, and then Kamari Gibson as well for UTA. And then Prairie View, Diana Rosenthal, and Kennedy Paul both led. We're the top two leading scorers for Prairie View last year. So to get them back was uh, was huge. Diana Rosenthal, obviously 15 points a game. Uh, huge presence for them. So you like that three and four order? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, you'll you'll hear us talk a lot about Star Jacobs this year, especially if yeah. UTA comes into the whack and they just start dominating again. Like, and they, just, they look really good. You obviously hear about them. Um, hear us talk about her a lot more, but yeah, I agree. I think she's in for a, another stellar season. Um, I want people to start paying a little bit of attention to, to Prairie View. Like that Diana Rosenthal put up numbers last year. Like, like you mentioned, almost 17 points a game, uh, four and a half, four and a half rebounds, two and a half, about two assists. She was second on the team in assists, uh, from that position. And, two steals like she did a lot for that team and Kennedy Paul next to her similar like you mentioned top two leading scores um I think I want to say Kennedy Paul led the team in rebounds second on the team in rebounds um and so I I'm really fascinated to see I I think Prairie View has enough to make a run in the SWAC um I think they were a little bit disappointing last year but I think this year they should be uh, having a little, having some aspirations. I think they hovered around 500 in the SWAC last year, and I think uh, this year they should hopefully punch yeah. through. But yeah, I agree with their their front court's really, really underrated. Now we get to five, and Jordan Jenkins for UTSA is obviously the name that we've talked about probably the most this offseason just because we had Karen Aston on and we yep. did transfer rankings and all this stuff. So we've we've talked a lot about Jordan Jenkins. Uh, putting uh, Alyssa Coleman next to her, who I think was like a solid like seven and five last year, so mm-hmm. she can just do that again. And but you get Jordan Jenkins, who comes in and presumably averages, I don't know, 13, 14, 15. I don't right. know. I mean, just feed her the damn ball at this point. <laughs> so you get Jordan Jenkins there. I'm good with them at five and Texas State. Um, while I didn't think about putting Texas State over them, I think that's the next tier is UTSA and Texas State uh, with Denasia Hood and Morgan Hill, who, I mean, I know you already have your Morgan Hill jersey, but uh, yeah, that's probably the next <laughs> so, tier. Yeah. I, think, uh, I think with UTSA, I like that placement because what was the one thing that we said they did last year? They rebounded well. Yeah. And Alyssa Coleman was one of their better rebounders. And so, okay, you bring her back and then you have somebody like Jordan Jenkins who can she's not a great rebounder but you're not asking her to rebound if you can rebound as a team and collectively as what we saw they can do last year okay then you can have her do her thing so i think you know i'm gonna use that word again i think the balance i think karen Aston got the balance right with these two yeah utsa needs someone who can score the ball yes basically <laughs> that's, that's what they needed that's what they need just score please <laughs> just, just put the ball in the hoop please uh texas day i'll, I'll throw it to you i mean Denisha yeah. hood morgan hill jada reed i didn't even put on here lauren thompson Got some depth in the front court. Um, they really do. Everybody, obviously. That's they've, needed, they've needed depth. Um, a lot fell on Denasia Hood last year. They're all experienced, right? It's, these are multiple-year multiple yes. year players aside from Morgan Hill, multiple-year players. Um, I think they've been tr- – I think 
Antoine's been trying to find that partner next to Denasia Hood because like Jada Reed and um, um, uh, Lauren Thompson both played like similar amount of minutes. And so I think they were trying to figure out who fits best next to Denasia Hood. And I think Morgan Hill's that player because if she can, if she can figure out a shot, I think she has the defensive capabilities there um, because Denasia Hood, one thing she probably could work on is her defense. But when you're scoring 17 points a game, and I'm pretty sure Coach Z probably thinks like this behind, you know, probably subconsciously. She's like, you know what? I don't care about if you if you're not that great at defending. Like you can you can score 17, 18 points a game. Work on that. We'll figure stuff out on the other end. Um, it's like the Cristiano Ronaldo soccer thing. It's like, what you score 50 goals? I don't care if you don't track back to defend. It doesn't matter. I'll give you walk around offsides the whole game. Just <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, you chill. just walk around cherry picking. It's like I don't care. You're putting the ball in the hole. It's who cares. Um, but with that being said, I think I I think Morgan Hill provides that now. Um, I'm curious to see if she comes out of the gate starting. I don't think she will. Um, I think it'd probably be Lauren Thompson um, starting. But by the end of the year, I wouldn't be shocked to see Morgan Hill work her way into that. All right. Seven through nine for me was a toss-up yeah. as far as how you want to rank them. Texas Tech with Bryn Gerlich and Katie Farrell. Uh, TCU with Lucy Ebay, Lucy Ebay and... Uh, Bella Cravens, nine was AM Commerce and De- with Desiree Colonel and Layla Lawrence. Uh, obviously, AM Commerce coming in from the Division II level, we, we don't know. We didn't watch them last year. Right. Uh, so it's kind of just like we're taking their word for it. Be like, oh, okay, these, you know, Colonel and Lawrence were both really solid players. I think Colonel averaged 11 and Lawrence averaged nine. So it's like, okay, they can do it. But now you're stepping into Division One. Can that translate at a high level? And I put them, I'll even throw in the number 10 team we have here, Ayanna Johnson, Avery Brittingham. We've at least seen Johnson and Brittingham for, you know, a year or two uh, put this together. So there's a little bit more proof of concept with all these players uh, other than Commerce, but I have no problem putting, you know, Commerce in the top 10 list, even though we haven't seen them. Right. No, I agree. I think you have... I mean, again, what does it mean? But they were like all conference caliber players. But what does it mean playing in the Lone Star Conference and Division Two? You know, I, I don't know. I think I think the Southlands in a spot where they can come in and compete right away. Right. I, I don't think it's necessarily a deep conference. Um, or I think it's a deep conference, but I don't think it's a necessarily like you know, there's no hierarchy. Um, so they're going to come in pretty competitive. So I don't think it's that weird to expect them to come in pretty pretty competitively um but yeah like you said we just don't know it's it's one of those things where it's like yeah i mean they're good in division two can they make the jump maybe i we'll see <laughs> yeah um texas tech seven tcu eight uh for those who don't lucy lucy ebay from tcu transfer from central arkansas um i believe second team all conference top of my head oh, i have her stats up i don't know why i don't use them yeah second team all conference um 12 and a half points, eight and a half boards. I expect her to be pretty good for, for TCU. I'm not saying she's going to, you know, light the world on fire first team mm-hmm. on conference or anything like that, but I think she'll be solid. Bella Cravens. We have, we have to see it a little bit more. Finding a second big on that TCU team was kind of tough, but so you could in theory drop TCU down a little bit, but I, I trust Lucy eBay uh, and then Texas tech Gerlich and Farrell. I think that's just because we know what Katie Farrell can do and we know what Bryn Gerlich can do. So sure. I think I'm good having them at seven. I'm good with them. Like you mentioned, TCU is kind of a wait and see. Um, they're kind of a 
interesting. It's going to be an interesting year for them. I have no idea what to expect from them. Me neither. Um, but I agree. No I expectations for TCU. I have, I have none. I have none. Um, but yeah, it's a wait and see moment for them. Tech, I agree. I think Katie Farrell, I think we might even see like, speaking of that, that four guard lineup, I think, I think Tech would love to run that a couple times with her um, out there. We'll see how, how much they do that, but I do think Bryn Gerlich will play significantly as well. Um, getting to 10 a little bit, this one, last year, you probably, I probably would have had this one pretty high up. Like you would have anticipated it, right? Yeah. Like it just, it didn't, Avery Brittingham had kind of, a, I don't want to say a, I mean, no, I'll say it, a setback year. Like she wasn't as, she came in as, as a freshman and looked really good um, for a team that, you know, was, was, was uh, doing, doing great things. And last year it was kind of, it was kind of whatever. Like she just, she kind of plateaued a little bit. Um, I wonder what it looks like this year with Stephanie Fisher gone, if they trust her more to, or they kind of hope her to be more. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, if you would ask me last year, I would have said, oh yeah, Ayanna Johnson, um, Avery Brittingham, they're going to be a top five back court, or front court heading into this year. But yeah, I, um, Avery Brittingham missed half the season last year. So mm-hmm. it's tough to fully evaluate that. True. As I, as I look at it, I could definitely put them up a couple of spots. I mean, just from obviously Stephanie Vischer did so much for them. Sure. I mean, just on all aspects of it, but I could definitely move Ayanna Johnson and Avery Brittingham up uh, just because I think more will be on their plate this year. True. So if we are projecting yeah. it all, I, I, I think I could move them up to seven, honestly. Like I could, I could see them being that high on it. I'm not yeah. putting them above Texas State. I'm not putting them above UTSA. Sure. But I think with more on their plate, they were probably more efficient than I did give them credit for uh, mm-hmm. when initially putting this together. So, um, I screw it. I want to put them at seven. Do okay, it. I'm doing it right now. I'm moving on the dock. All right, we're do- we're making an edit. Well, since we're doing that, I think I have one more edit. Oh God, okay. We've opened the floodgates. Here we go. Here we go. One more. You, 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 you forgot about a team until I looked it up just now. I thought about it and I was like, ah, maybe their numbers aren't that great. Rice should be on this list. Malia Fisher, freshman, yeah. all conference. Ashley Austin, both back. Okay. Malia, yeah. Malia Fisher, uh, 11 and eight and a half. Yeah. Average I didn't Ashley Austin averaged like 15. Ashley Austin averaged 16 and a half and six. Okay. So I think it was a little bit because I think Rice was like quietly okay because we didn't know what to really expect under their <laughs> under their first year, you know, new coach, all that. They're yeah. quietly pretty good. Like it was that was fine. Those five hundred, obviously, when you have the, the height set from the year before, like being one of the best mid majors for a while, you're kind of like, okay, we don't know what to expect. They they were young last year. I think they were fine. Like they were five hundred, but again, a lot of freshmen, a lot of sophomores think this year could be a pretty special year for them. Um, Where are we putting them? I would put them, man. Jeez, that's tough. Um, I'd bump Commerce. Well, yeah, we're bumping Commerce, obviously, because we're putting them top 10. But like, where in the top 10? Are you putting them at 10? Are you putting I, – I could put them because I'm looking at it now. Look, the way I'm looking at it, is I could put this, him at six. 
Dumb, I could put him ahead of Texas. I could drop Texas State down and put him at six. Nice. Um, yeah, I don't have a problem with that at all. Yeah, you know what? I'm okay with it. Six. I love it. Yeah. And it makes like having TCU 10 makes sense because like they're, it, we think they're going to be good. Nine. You know? I feel a lot better about this list now. Yeah. If I'm being honest. Not to, say, so. not to say that I didn't feel good about my list initially, but as was, I mean, obviously I left Rice off. For, I, I don't know why I thought in my head as I'm, I literally obviously go team by team by team by team by team. Sure, sure. When I get to Rice in my head, I'm just like, yeah, that, but I thought, I thought, I don't, I thought one of those two were guards in my head That's and fair. just didn't even check it, double check it. So there you go. Uh, also shout out to Houston who we've had down here in every, um, I've had down here the entire time. Bria Patterson, right. T- Tatiana Hill. By the way, I will say to your credit, I think Ashley Austin like shot like almost like a hundred threes last year. So it was yeah, like I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Because I've obviously looked at them uh, before when we did our backcourt ones. And right. So, so you're probably just like, ah, eh, it's a guard. It's a guard, but not today. Not today. <laughs> not, today. not in today's uh, basketball climate. Exactly. All right, there you have it. Boom. Uh, a little editing on the fly. Let's do it. I like that. I like that. Get, get the women uh, top 10 done. Uh, Baylor, Texas, UTA, Prairie View, UTSA, Rice, Texas State, SFA, Tech, TCU. That's a that's a really good front court. I think that's – I like that better than the men's. I I mean, you have Denasia Hood and Morgan Hill at seven. Oh, yeah, I think so. Ayanna Johnson, Avery Brittingham at eight. Yeah, Katie Farrell, Bryn Gerlich at nine. That's a I'm, that's that's nasty. That's nasty. Round of applause. Shout out, uh, women's basketball for bringing bringing uh, basketball back how it's supposed to be played. I was about to say like the men's games changed so much because of pace and space and all that, and the women's yeah. games like nah, bigs, yo. Like we need <laughs> we need post, we need back downs, we need up it. and unders. Let's go. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it too. (laughs) All right. Um, We'll wrap it up there. Um, For those who don't haven't already subscribed to the YouTube channel, we post all these as videos as well as on the audio side. Um, Basketball season is almost here. We're probably a little over a month away from our first games. We have a schedule. Uh, We've done our rankings now, so we'll get into a little more prediction type stuff going into the year. But if you did enjoy it, leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to the podcast. Um, we'll, I'll have graphics with both of these uh, rankings all set on Twitter and for our socials and everything. So check those out as well. And, yeah, let us know what you think. Uh, reply to us on Twitter, and um, you can DM Ish at Ishmael R. Johnson with your complaints. So, yeah, we thank you all for joining us, and we'll talk to you all later.